Hello, friends. Welcome to the Spots of Time podcast with me, your host, Kim Scott. Thank you for joining in for just a little inspiration to empower hope and healing for yourself and for others. So let's get started. Hi, friends. Decisions, decisions, decisions. <laughs> Our lives are full of them. You know, for much of my life, I've made decisions based on what I thought was expected of me by my family or based on what others thought or what society deemed appropriate. Now, I made good decisions, but that was my guiding force. In my 40s, I learned the importance of making decisions that serve my well-being, making decisions aligned with how I believe God is guiding my path, my journey, even though they may be outside the norm or tradition of society, causing others to question or even challenge. Well, joining me today is my niece, Alexis Jones. Alexis is also our website developer and social media manager, and she's going to share her insights that she's learned in her young life about making decisions that serve you. Enjoy the conversation. So hi, Alexis. Hi, how are you doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you excited? Yes, yes, definitely. I'm very Me too. excited to be here. Me too. I'm sure it feels weird to be on this side of things. Yes, I was just thinking that. I mean, <laughs> we've worked together for so long on all the behind the scenes. Um, right lead up to this and it's weird to be on the other side of things but I know um, it's a I good know. weird I was really excited about you know this particular topic because I think you know obviously our lives are full of making decisions um, but I think it's important because really making decisions can be difficult and um, especially like big life decisions. And, you know, I know that you've made some really big life decisions and I've made some really big life decisions recently. And um, so I just thought, you know, you would be perfect, you know, to kind of have this conversation with. So I'm truly excited. No, me too. Me too. I mean, I feel like the people that you interview probably have a lot more life experience than I do, only being, <laughs> you know, almost 19. But I think you're right in that, you know, even though I'm younger, this is a time when a lot of those big decisions kind of do have to be made, the the kind of decisions that will dictate your future. So exactly. Um, you know, I definitely agree that that can be a very difficult thing. Um, yeah. Difficult process. Well, especially because, you know, I think <clears throat> for a lot of us, you know, the world, first of all, and society can be so loud with its messaging about, you know, what's the right way to do things, what's the wrong way, um, what's acceptable. And, you know, um, my daughter, your cousin, <laughs> always <laughs> says, you know, it's the mind cube, you know, like you have to get out of the mind cube to really think about and figure out what's right for you. And um, I think that making decisions, you know, we have to take into consideration our own, you know, mental and spiritual and physical well-being, because I think in making decisions for our life, that that's what God wants us to do, you know, is to take those things into consideration and to truly be um, intentional, I think, mm -hmm. about making decisions. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I think all of what you said has been a really big journey for me um, and just how I have thought about making decisions and mm -hmm. what it means to make decisions for your own life. I mean, like just on the surface level, I think for people who are like 
you know, maybe more perfectionist or overthinkers or just tend to be more <laughs> anxious or stressed, which I can definitely relate to. Um, Me too. <laughs> the smallest decisions are hard. Like, yeah. you know, where do I want to go eat with my family? What movie do we want to buy a ticket to see? Or like, what book do I want to commit to? Or like, what gift do I want to buy someone really special to me? Or what outfit do I want to wear for an interview or something? Yeah. And even if those are like kind of low stakes compared to other things, you still worry in the back of your mind about making the wrong choice, like you said, like right versus wrong. And you worry about like, what if I regret this? Or what if I invest all this time and energy and money into something that ends up being a mistake or mm. something that doesn't work out. And that those are the kind of thoughts that you carry to the big decisions. Right. And like, in my life, those big decisions are like, where should I apply to college? Like, what should I study in college? What career or line of work should I go into? What, like, in my free time, what personal projects do I want to spend time on? And what goals should I invest in? And then also, like, what should I let go from my life? And, yeah. you know, like you said, there's a lot of what society tells you. And I do feel like there is a pressure on young people to have answers to those questions. Like, right. to know from an early age what you want to be or what you want to do. And, you know, to start having serious life plans. And how are you going to provide for yourself and take care of yourself and, like, choose your own life? Um and I think what you said about being intentional and about mm. really choosing a life that serves you, that element of choice is like something I didn't even realize I had or that wow. was in my control. Because, I mean, this was just my experience. And I obviously I can't speak to everyone in high school. But for me in high school and like before I turned 18 and had to start thinking about post high school, you know, <sighs> In high school, it's it's easy in a way because everything is spelled out for you. Huh. Like, there are very clear rules and there are very clear right and wrong. And, and there are consequences for one and there are a lot of uh, rewards and validation for the other. And right. success and excellence and meaning is defined for you. And it's like you have a, a perfect roadmap that if I just do these things, if I just turn in my assignments, if I just take these classes, if I just study really, really hard, I can achieve excellence. I can yeah. be great. I can have a meaningful high school career. And it's like that's hard in itself, but that's also easy because you don't think about the bigger picture sometimes. And then all of a sudden you become a senior <laughs> And you become an adult and you're like super, super happy to be done. And you're like, woof, like all that stress of high school is over. And then you're like, okay, hold on. Now I have all the, the stress of adulthood and I don't even know what that means. And, <laughs> and you like realize life, life is really not like high school. Like yeah. it's so much more subjective and it's so much more varied. Like life looks so different for every single person, just depending on their individual circumstances or or their goals or their passions or their values like yeah. people don't tell you what to value anymore I mean you get input from society definitely but at the end of the day it's, it's up to you to yeah decide. and, and that's like, why I think it's so important you know for you to really like know who you are you know like your whole self like your you know who are you like physically and spiritually mentally emotionally because you know like i remember when before even you know kiara graduated you know people were like where are you going to go to school what are you going to major in and it's like like why is that the norm like that mm -hmm. you know that doesn't have to be the norm and um but it puts pressure on you and, you know, before you can even really establish, like, you know, what you value and, and, you know, what you want for your life, you know, people are already, you know, kind of asking questions that imply this is the right path, you know, mm -hmm. to be going down. Yes, exactly. Um, that's why I think a lot of young people, they have like this fantasy idea of what an adult is, mm. like or I did at least, like this fantasy idea of success. And it was like what I thought people wanted, like what society wanted, like what were, what were people getting at when they would ask me those things? And I thought I was meant to like, you know, 
get like a PhD at a really young age or like some elite high paying career or like, you know, a, a lot of money or a lot of fame or just like to make a huge difference in the world. I thought that's like, that's what being an adult was. That's what I need to keep striving for my yep. whole life. And, and like, I, I did that, that I just want to say like, that was kind of like my path. Like I didn't really think about those things. I didn't, you know, when I was growing up, in my family, we didn't talk about college. And, um, and so like when all my friends were applying for colleges and things like that, that wasn't kind of, that really wasn't on my radar. And um, so when I finally, you know, started thinking, well, what am I going to do, <laughs> you know? And, um, but, you know, I got into like a corporate career because I think that's what was expected of me, you know, like my dad had, you know, kind of a corporate career. My mom had a corporate career. And um, so I kind of got in that same, you know, lane and I started earning lots of money, you know, uh, making six figures and we had the big house and the fancy car, but I found like years later that I wasn't happy, you know, mm. and I, I wanted to be a mom and, and there was something I think deep within me that I just wanted something more fulfilling, but I never had taken the time to really even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's what it takes is like breaking out of letting other people kind of think for you in your mm. own life. And right. you just like realize at some point, if I want to do something or if I like need to do something for my health or or for my well-being, then I have to make that choice. Like mm -hmm. I have to lead my own life and I have to like understand who I am and be comfortable being who I am and yeah. like making the decisions that stay true to that. And, you know, I think that's what I have like come to realize is so key with adulthood is like coming into a place where you can make those big decisions with like so much insight and so much like courage to do it in a way that will benefit you and that will serve you. And like, like you said, you have to find a way to step back from, from whatever path you think you should be on or whatever track you kind of just found yourself on mm -hmm. and just really explore like, like, what do I value personally? And like, what do I want to achieve? And it might not be what I'm expected to achieve or, right. you know, what do I want to learn more about in the world that I never even thought to learn about? Or like, what do I want to get to experience in my lifetime? And that's why I feel like, you know, this is such an important topic that you bring up. It's like, how do I make those decisions that serve me? So then yeah. I can go on to have a life where everything is more in balance, you know, where you can Absolutely. have ambition and achievement, but also like you, you didn't just mindlessly fall into those things. Like yeah. you said, like you were intentional. Exactly. I mean, like for so long, I think my decisions were based on doing the right thing, you know, and, and that's just kind of how like I was raised. Like, you know, we, we do what, everybody else does, you know, and um, like kind of staying in the box. And I viewed myself, I think, as a decisive person. And I think I made good decisions for the most part as far as like my career. And once I got to my late 20s and early 30s, but they were decisions that were in line with societal standards, you know, and I don't know, like that I ever was given permission or that I gave myself permission to think outside of the box. Mm. And I think the, the first big decision that I made outside of the box was, gosh, I think I, it was, I, th I want to say it was like my early forties and that's a long, you know, life to make decisions based on what society, you know, is telling you is right. And, mm -hmm. um, but that decision came because I just, I like literally I was ill and um, it was my doctor who suggested taking a leave of absence from my corporate human resources job. 
And I did. And um, it felt so good. It was, I think, honestly, the first decision I ever made that served me. Nobody else, just me. And it's just been interesting to make decisions that truly serve me without worrying about what other people say. And when I was reflecting on decisions that I've made, I recall like really good advice that I read. And it comes from um, St. Ignatius. And he said, don't make a decision in times of desolation or despair or out of anxiousness. And for me as a woman of faith, like that is so important to me because I have to remember that like God is going to lead me in making decisions. And when I know that it's God, there's peace, you know, that comes with those decisions. Whereas on the other side, like if it's, you know, the devil or Satan, like that comes with anxiousness, you know, or uncertainty. And so for me, that like is kind of a comfort and gives me kind of that safety net when I'm making decisions. Like, you know, do I feel calm about this or do I feel anxious, you know? And so I don't know about you, but like what decisions or have you made decisions that have served others or kind of been in line with societal standards and not really necessarily decisions like for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, you know, I'm not fully an adult yet. Like I'm barely 18 and (laughs) I haven't had the chance to, you know, like you said, like get a corporate career path or, you know, make those kinds of societal decisions. But, you know, I've leading up to this episode and kind of like preparing for this conversation, I've been wrestling with this question and trying to reflect back on my life so far And what I keep coming back to is my high school experience. I mean, I just graduated this past June. So it's still really fresh, obviously, for me to talk about. And in some ways, I mean, my experience in high school was really positive. And, you know, I set, you know, kind of high goals from the (laughs) beginning. And ultimately, I feel like I was able to achieve those kind of goals. But, you know, at the same time, in some ways, kind of due to that constant striving for those goals, my experience was a little bit more negative or detrimental and didn't really serve me as well Mm -hmm. as it could have. Just the way that I, you know, kind of relentlessly pushed myself and really wholeheartedly bought into the idea that you had to be perfect in order to go to an elite college or an elite university. And you had to go to those elite institutions to do well in life. Like, I didn't even think beyond that, just well in life. Like, if I just do this, you know, the future will be great. It'll be, it'll be totally fine if I just kind of be perfect now. And that pursuit of perfection, you know, it came with a lot of stress and anxiety and lack of sleep. And, (laughs) um, you know, I get that. And that definitely did not serve my well-being at the time and it did not serve my mental or my physical health in the short term but you know I feel so conflicted about it because it did open up so many amazing opportunities in the long term and you know it's really tricky for me and like my personality because I I genuinely love school (laughs) and it's like (laughs) you know that's you know almost embarrassing to say in in some context but I do love school yeah, you know, I, I didn't like the stress and, and the anxiety that I did to myself, but I, I kind of have a personality where I thrive in academic environments. Like yeah. I like the structure. I like learning. I like engaging with my teachers. And, you know, being able to go to Stanford is truly a dream come true that mm. like I, I, a dream I've had for so long. And I, and I really can't wait to go there next year. But when I was thinking about your question and in this conversation and the context of it, I kind of step back and I asked, well, like where, where did the dream of those kind of schools come from in the first place? 
Like mm-hmm. I was laser focused on like Yale, Harvard, Stanford, like even wow. as a freshman when I didn't even know what that meant really, or what that entailed. I, I soon found out what that entailed and, <laughs> you know, I did it. I was like, okay, that's what it takes. I'll do that. I, I don't care how, you know, how many hours I don't sleep or, or how much I sacrifice. I'm going to do that. And I just kind of think now on the other side of it, like, where did I get that idea that I need to sacrifice myself in my yeah. being in the present moment for some, you know, future success, you know, idea that I had. And I think part of it was my own, you know, like I said, my own self-motivation, my own kind of academic inclination, my own personality. But I think another part of it was just how I internalized those societal standards Mm. that around education Mm -hmm. and that's like work in the U.S. especially, like those standards that foster competition between young people. That, that create hierarchies between people, that mm. rank people, that, that tell you you're in the 1% of people, like, you know, that emphasize just nonstop busyness and hustle and productivity and, and performance. And like I said, like perfection. And, and then society links all of those things to a person's worth. Right. Like, I'm not doing that. Then like, I'm not, I'm not worthy or I'm not a good person or I'm not going to be successful. And wow. that's kind of the mentality that I was in, you know, from age 14 to 18. And, yeah. you know, you know, like I said, it was a weird mixture where, you know, I genuinely wanted to succeed and like, I genuinely try my best every day. And every time I do something just to, you know, put forward the best I can do and, and the best work that I can give. But I think where society comes in is how I was doing that. Like I yeah. was not setting clear boundaries and I was not having a good balance between things. And, and I didn't have the perspective to be like, it doesn't all have to be a hundred percent, but you can also pursue those things with a, a more enlightened perspective and, yeah. and making sure that you're pursuing your goals, however ambitious in ways that are a bit more healthier and, and, and that serve you. Yeah. And that, you know, make sure you're not just destroying your well being in the present moment. And so, you I'm know. so, um, I just want to say how proud I am of you because, I mean, honestly, I didn't get that until well into my 40s. And so the fact that you are challenging you know, the societal standards at such a young age. Um, I, you know, like that self-awareness that you have um, is admirable, really. And I think will serve you well throughout your lifetime because um, you are aware. And and I know, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about making decisions that have served you. And I know that you've made like a huge decision um, that served you. And I just, you know, want to applaud you because um, it's not easy to think outside of the box, you know, like to think outside that mind cube Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, the, the messaging of the world is, you know, so loud. So let's talk, why don't we talk about, um, the biggest decision in your life so far, I think that served you that served has served you well. Well, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for, you know, saying that about me. And, you know, I think one of the reasons, well, obviously, I'm not perfect at it, you know, <laughs> having self awareness and actually like, making a change is really hard. Yeah. But I think the reason I have more perspective now is because of that big decision that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, which I guess I'll just say it. Um, you know, <laughs> and it's funny, I'll talk about this later, why it's still so hard for me to even talk about it sometimes. But one of the biggest decisions of my life that I've made recently was to take a gap year away from school um, before starting my, you know, undergraduate education at Stanford. And so what this means is like, you know, I'm still enrolled at Stanford. Um, you know, I'm going to be going there 
instead of this fall, next fall in 2024. Right. And so that's a program Stanford has calling deferring your enrollment where you push your, you know, matriculation date, you know, the date you go to campus, you push it back a year. Like I, I would have gone to campus fall 2023, but now right. I won't go to school until fall 2024. And it's basically up to me to fill that time however I want. And, you know, that decision, embracing that time, mm-hmm. that was one of the first decisions I've made to serve myself, like you said, yeah, um, and serve what I felt I needed to do before leaving for college. And, you know, it was one of the first truly non-conforming, non-traditional decisions <laughs> I've ever made. Right. Because I'm definitely the kind of person who likes to follow the rules and who likes, you know, who finds comfort in the box sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, who don't who, we all <laughs> yes, gets a lot of fulfillment from being like, yeah, I'm doing everything right. Like yeah. I'm meeting those expectations. Like you think of where you're supposed to be at 18. Okay, I'll be there or I'll be above that. And in this decision, I was kind of like, well, actually, I'm going to do what kind of no one expected. <laughs> and it was terrifying. And I think I'll, I'll talk more about my decision process. But for right now, I can absolutely say I'm about six months into the gap year that it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I love that. And, uh, I can completely understand and relate to that because like when I decided to go into ministry work and um, like talk about non-traditional, non-conforming, you know, like I grew up in a family of professionals and not that ministry work isn't professional, but it wasn't like your typical, you know, work. And you know, people were like, now, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, yeah. are, are yeah. they paying you? <laughs> Is that real work? <laughs> but, um, you know, it turned out to be the most fulfilling work I've ever done, you know? Wow. And so I can understand, you know, like when you make decisions that serve you, I think that's what happens, you know, that um, it can be, you know, what you truly, what your soul, what your spirit truly needs. Mm, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I think my soul really needed this time. Yeah. Uh, I had spent high school so heavily invested in academics and in school activities. And so before I went to college, I just wanted to invest in other areas of myself. Right. To like gain maturity in like practical senses, like to just lay a strong foundation of experience and confidence where when I go to college, I'm like, I can handle this. Like I've, I've been through things on my own. I've like really pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And you know, now I feel like I won't just be like trying to survive in college. Like I'll actually be more comfortable and like more collected and composed. And so, you know, already halfway through the year, that's what I've been able to get out of it. And I just think that's such, such an amazing, such an amazing gift that truly experience. Yeah. And it all just came from having like the courage, I guess, or the willingness to, to just take that leap because, um, you know, we had to decide whether or not I was going to defer my enrollment before I even graduated. Like we were having these conversations like way back in the spring. And I was, I, I mean, I could never have imagined any of this would happen back then. Yeah. Like when I thought of the gap year, I, I truly did not know what to think. I was um, like, I didn't even know you could take a gap year. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. And like, my parents were the ones, you know, thank God they had that perspective to say, we we read about Stanford's deferment policies and we think it would be beneficial to consider taking time off. Like they were, you know, trying to present it to me, you know, and <laughs> I was like, you know, they probably knew, they knew me, you know, they knew how I'd probably be like, no, no, no. Like in my mind, I was like, I don't even know how to exist 
if I'm not a student in school. In yeah. School. Like, and, and I worked so hard to get into Stanford. Like, why would I, why would I wait? Like, right. what, you know, why, why don't you, why wouldn't I be in school? What would I be doing? And then it was like, the conversation was like, well, those are two reasons that you should definitely take the gap year. I was like, huh, I, I need to figure out how to exist without school. Like, I, I need to figure out who I am just beyond a student. I need to do other things. I need to, like, you know, gain some more real-world experience and figure out, you know, like you said, self-awareness. That's reflection right. on my identity, my values. And that will ultimately come back around to make me a better person and a better student. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, that's one thing. And then another, I had worked so hard to go to Stanford, I shouldn't rush into it, you know, before I was actually ready for it. Because, mm. you know, the consequences of that, of going to an institution like that, all on my own before I'm ready, you know, that could be disastrous right. for me. Right, right. As opposed to just, you know, taking time and, and embracing some free time. Like, you know, com comparing the two worst case scenarios of the gap year versus going to college when I'm not ready. I mean, there's really no comparison. <laughs> you know, I having that time is truly, truly only going to benefit me. Absolutely. And that's what I eventually, you know, eventually was able to talk to with my parents. And, and it was many conversations. It was many, many long conversations of like pros and cons, worst case scenarios like like what regrets might I have either way like like so so much decision making yeah and you know like you said that was one of the biggest decisions in my life one of the hardest decisions to commit to but I just feel so blessed that I had my parents in my corner yeah like, advocating for me and and helping me like they didn't they never pressured me you know they never told me their opinion really one way right. or the other they really wanted me just to sit with sit with the possibility and, and like, you know, be an adult. You know, exactly. Like I said, um, make those choices for yourself. And and I and I did. And and you know, I mean, all decisions aren't gonna be like that. I know, you know, some of the big decisions probably won't work out, but I'm just so, so grateful that this one did. Um and that's really that's really where I'm at right now. So it's it's a great experience for sure. I love that. I love like the process, you know, like first, you know, just it's almost like like when a, a caterpillar, you know, goes into the cocoon and then comes out, you know, a butterfly. You know, I think like that's that's the process, you know, that you made, like, you know, like you were like totally conformed to what was right, what was wrong, your idea anyway, of what is right and what's wrong. And, um, but then your, I don't know, just like your kind of awareness and understanding that that doesn't feel good. And I want something different for myself. And so going through that process and, and taking a chance and making a decision that, you know, isn't traditional, if you will, um, but that one that you felt going through this process was better for you. And on the other side of it, I truly think like you, like you've experienced such maturity. And um, I think you hopefully have been able to um, you know, give yourself rest, give yourself some grace. And, um, and I think because of this now going to Stanford, I, I think you would go with a completely different perspective. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, it's like, I read this book, um, my, my cousin Lindsay gave it to me. I think mm -hmm. it's called the midnight library. And it's this girl, this woman, who's kind of at a dead end in her life, and she's really hopeless. And so she is able to go back and kind of live out or, like, 
see herself and all the different paths her life could have taken, mm-hmm. all the different like choices she could have made or that things could have worked out differently, who she would be, what her life would look like. And I just that came to mind because, you know, who knows who I would be or what I'd be doing this time of year if I had gone to school. Like right. I would be a completely different person, you know, for better or worse, I don't know. But I definitely wouldn't have had the the development, like the personal growth that I've had, you know, on this path that I'm on. Yeah. And like you said, I do think I'm going to be better for it. Absolutely. You know, when you were talking about the process that you went through, especially, you know, with your parents, um, I really appreciate this because I try to go through a process when I'm making a decision. I mean, obviously, like recently, we just moved from California to Nevada. And that was huge. I've never, well, I moved from one state to another when I was 12, but I didn't really have much say or choice (laughs) in that matter. But um, this was a huge life-changing decision for myself and for um, my family. And, you know, when you were saying like, you guys like kind of talked about like the pros and cons, and that's what I do. I write down the pros and the cons and just so I can see them, you know, side by side. And then for me, um, obviously as a woman of faith, I always take it to prayer And like I said earlier, you know, like, how do I feel? Like, do I feel anxiousness or do I feel peace? And that kind of helps me, you know, understand if this is something that the Holy Spirit is guiding me to do, or if this is, you know, not of God, you know, that kind of the evil spirit is kind of pushing, you know, me to do. And I think I've noticed that I sometimes when I'm making decisions, I feel anxiety um, out of that, that fear of what people are going to say, what people are going to think. And um, like recently I made kind of a decision on a whim. Um, um, I, you know, kind of reminded myself, and that's really why I wanted to do this particular topic, that of the importance, like I reminded myself that it's so important to slow down, take a deep breath, and really evaluate, you know, like the big decisions in our lives, you know, like, is this something that is going to be good for me? Or am I doing this because I think or society is telling me it's the right thing to do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that just brings to mind, um, you posted a blog post recently, um, Tis the Season of Busyness, which I love. (laughs) And, you know, it's a really, really good post. And at the beginning, you start with this quote, and I actually wrote it down here. Um, so I think I'll just read it quickly. Okay. Um, it says there is an art to slowing down in our busy world. It is not easy to master this art, but it is necessary. Our lives have a habit of gathering a momentum of their own, plunging forward with or without our consent, learn to slow down and access life. Take your foot off the accelerator and look about and within slow down Breathe deeply, reflect deeply, pray deeply, live deeply. Mm. Otherwise, you will spend your life feeling like a bulldozer chasing butterflies or a sparrow in a hurricane. And when that's I such that a great quote. quote. Yeah. Yes, I was like, that that is what I'm trying to say. Like that, that slowing down like that you talked about you know, that we've been talking about this whole episode, that is just a beautiful way of putting it. Like you don't want to be a bulldozer chasing butterflies. Right. Something so, you know, something that can be like, I don't even know what the word is, unable to be graceful and and beautiful and like calm and like, and able to access the beautiful things of life because you're just so on the go. You're so wrapped up in society's like, you know, momentous, never ending, relentless life that right. they have for you, or the sparrow in the hurricane 
when you are this like nice thing that's just doing your best, but you just get lost <laughs> in everything that tossed you know, about. The, yes. And that's like comes back to being able to slow down and like be in control of your own life and making those decisions of your own life. Yeah. Cause like the hurricane will just take you where people or other people expect you to be or where society wants you to be. Like you said, like, you know, a corporate job or, or things you're not, or a job you dislike or, you know, things just that, that aren't good for you because society doesn't care <laughs> about yeah. you. You know, that's, that's for sure. a long time to learn. Like a lot of other people, they don't, at the end of the day, they're worried about themselves too. Like you, it, it like I had to realize how detrimental it is to make decisions based on what, not even like what other people asked you to do or what someone explicitly said, but just what you perceive that yeah. people want you to do or that society wants you to do. Because at the end of the day, like at the end of your life, at the end of one day, like you're left to look back on your day or your life and, and say, well, was I happy with that? Like, yeah. did that serve me? Did that let me live up to the potential that God gave me? You know, like those are the questions that I'm learning to care about more and that you can, you know, answer with this slowing down that this quote says. So yeah, yeah, when you said that, this quote just really came to mind because I just love that so much. And it's so beautifully written too. I really appreciate <laughs> just the writing, um, yeah. just being able to express something that can be so hard to put into words. But here, yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And I think, you know, throughout my life, there have been, I guess, like seasons where, you know, I've either what I had to slow down or was made to slow down, or I chose to slow down. And I think this is the season that I'm choosing, you know, to, to kind of take my foot off the accelerator and be comfortable with that. You know, I think um, you and I are very similar in that, you know, we, we push, you know, ourselves and, um, but I'm choosing, um, to make I'm um, to make decisions that really um, I keep saying it like you know serve myself but really that take in consideration self-care you know yes. like really um, caring for my in, my whole self my entire well-being and I've not always done that and it it's it's a constant reminder because I tend to move through life quickly and um and so like right now in this particular season of my life I'm really trying to embrace um just taking um each day one day at a time and um making sure that um you know self-care is um, kind of at the forefront of my mind. Yes. And I like what you said about, well, one, recognizing that. Yeah. And then two, being comfortable with that. And that's what my dad always tells me all the time. He's like, you need to be comfortable just being yourself. Mm. Like at some foundational level, like I know myself, you know, I'm, I'm more of an introvert. I'm, I'm very, you know, school will always be important to me, you know, no right. matter how many boundaries I set, like, I, I will always want to do well in school. I'll always prioritize that, you know, I'll always make decisions that might not be popular <laughs> with, <laughs> with other teenagers, but that like, you know, that's just who I am. I'll always probably choose you know, to follow the rules, to not, you know, try to get myself in trouble or whatever it is. And, you know, the big lesson my dad tells me, he's like, well, I'm like that too. And it's going to be hard because, you know, there's going to be peer pressure. There's yeah. going to be people who are trying to take you away from what you need to do to take care of yourself or just to be yourself. And that's something I also struggle with because I'm sometimes I'm, you know, like I can be a people pleaser or like mm. I want to, you know, make sure that there's peace with, you know, whatever group I'm in, or, you know, I'm not making too many waves or whatever it is. And obviously there's a way to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself without, you know, you know, causing things to be weird or awkward or, 
but a part of that is like the people that you surround yourself with and yes. the people that you're friends with, that you prioritize the relationships. Because I totally understand what you said about the fear of what other people are going to think about your decisions. And that was a big part of the decision-making process I had in taking a gap year. Because one of, you know, when we did the pros and the cons, you know, one con was like, well, what are people going to say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like the thing I've discovered is like, when it comes to making decisions that serve you, the people who really love you, yes, really care about you, those are the people who will support you in those decisions. Absolutely. Like they will know you enough and they'll love you enough to see that that is what you need. And and like that's been an, a really surprising but really like beautiful thing to experience from this. Like going from a place of like, you know, hiding that decision. Yeah. And like, you know, just kind of just you know, probably out of fear and like, yeah, what are people going to say about me to, you know, opening up to those, like those friends that I know are going to be there, those friends who care, those friends who are checking in on me and having them just be like, that's so exciting, Alexis. Mm. Like come visit me if you're traveling or like, you know, keep us updated on where you are. And even like, I have this one teacher I'm really close to. And I told her and, you know, she was like, you know, that's awesome. You know, you know, that is so exciting for you. And what was really weird is like, um, I told you I I, I flew to Philadelphia recently. Right. Um, I got onto the plane leaving from San Diego airport, flying to Philadelphia. I was late (laughs) to my flight. Uh, I can't can't even go into that. I was like running through the airport. (laughs) I missed my boarding group. (laughs) I had like too many personal bags to go on the flight. And I had to like stand off to the side and like rearrange my whole thing. And so I got into the flight. I was sweating. I was out of breath. It was like so early in the morning too. And then I was like about to put my bag in the overhead bin. And I just hear Alexis. (laughs) Um, yes. It's like, who on this flight would know me? And it was my teacher. Um. And just randomly, it was my teacher and then another teacher I had. And they were both flying to Barcelona, Spain. Oh, um, wow. A layover in Philadelphia because my school was having a Europe trip this year. And they just happened to be on this airline, on this flight, going to Philadelphia with me. And during the flight, I just sat with my teacher and we just talked about my gap year and about all that I was doing. And she was so, so nice and just made me feel so like, so good about that decision. And she talked about, you know, the the importance of traveling and, and, you know, she had traveled when she was in college and it was great. And I was just like, you know, I didn't even think about that until just now, how meaningful that is and, and how that's just such a blessing from God. Like, just those kind of experiences brought me so much like comfort and joy. Yes. And kind of like a really scary part of the gap year. Like I was alone on this flight and I was late and I was like, you know, panicking. And then here she was. And yep. that just like really calmed me down. And it was like, you're on the right path and you have good mm. people in your life. And that is just such, such a blessing from God. And something that I'm really also going to take away from the gap year is like, Yes, when you make decisions that serve you, it's it's kind of a personal experience. You know, it takes a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-awareness. But there's also a big, like, re- relational part. You need support from yes. people who love you to to help you find the courage to, to, like, commit to those decisions and to see them through. And and those two things go hand in hand. Like, yeah. On the one side, the input from others might be really scary, but also when you open up, the input might also be really great. And so that's just a lesson to me, not to hide the decisions that I'm making, you know, to be authentic in what Mm. I'm doing and to not be so, I mean, this is a lesson I've always struggled with and I probably always will, just so consumed by what other people think of you, you know, your reputation, your perception, Right. And that's probably just going to take time, you know, to be more, you know, self-confident, 
secure in myself, but this is just a huge stepping stone to get there of like, I, I can make decisions that serve me and I can do it boldly and mm. without, without that fear, right? Or there might still be that fear, but it's not going to dictate my life. That's right. That's right. Wow. I so agree with you. I think like the, one of the most important things that you just touched on was making sure that you surround yourself with people who you know care about you deeply, you know, people who love you and um, who will support you making decisions um, for your well-being. You know, I know that, you know, just like you said, that God kind of gives us little messages through people that, you know, like I'm here and you are doing what I want you to do. And it sounds like um, he's doing that same thing for you. Yes, yes, definitely. And, you know, I just want to thank you for letting me be a part of this podcast. I mean, being able to like have this conversation with you is such an amazing experience, you know, being, you know, helping you with behind the scenes stuff has been great and just such a great learning experience. And I just have to say, like, you know, there's goals in my life yeah. that I want to achieve. Like I would, my, my dream is to publish a book. Um, <laughs> and I've been working on this for a while during this gap year, actually, just kind of like, you know, laying the groundwork for something like that, which is a huge endeavor. But having you in my life and seeing you, you know, have the idea for something, lay all of that groundwork, you know, keep pushing through different obstacles or just different things here and there that have been tough and like go from a concept of something <laughs> to actually, you know, being here, being published, being on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like Instagram, like having the real thing. And like, yes, through this whole process, I've definitely seen, you know, that kind of thing takes work and it takes time, but it's also possible if you just, if you keep going and, and you know that this is what you're meant to do and that what God has for you. And it's just been such a beautiful thing to witness your yeah. your pursuit of this dream and and having it come true in this way and so i'm just so happy for you and i just want you to know what an inspiration you are to me and you know what an honor it is you know to to have this episode with you oh well thank you i mean honestly i've i say this all the time i you know when i when i was preparing um earlier today for our conversation and i was just kind of thinking about you know, your decision and what you've been doing and what you've been doing for me and with me. And I, it was also like, like an affirmation again from God, because honestly, like, I don't know that I could be doing what I'm doing and, and at the place that I'm at right now without your partnership, without you walking this journey with me. And I think, gosh, if you had gone to Stanford, like, I don't know where I would be, you know? And so it's just, you know, like, I, I truly believe um, that God has a plan for each one of us. And if only we could just trust that, um, you know, that he's not going to um, bring harm to us, you know, and that, um, we just have to trust like our inner being, like we, we have to know ourselves. And, um, and if we, we do have that, that self-awareness of, um, when something feels right and when something doesn't, um, and to go with that and, um, and just trust, um, as my daughter always says, just trust the process that we will get there. So why don't we um, do this, the wrap up questions. I have like five wrap up questions. So um, are you kind of game for this? Sure. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So my first question is, what are you reading or 
your last really good book that you read? Okay, this is definitely one of the benefits of the gap year is having <laughs> more time to read because that's something that definitely I wanted to get back into more. Um, I just finished the, it's called The Personal Librarian. Oh, and you actually- It's um, my you, favorite book. Anna, had actually recommended this to me. Um, otherwise, I never would have known about it. Um, but it's the story of the personal librarian to J.P. Morgan. Yep. I believe in the early 1900s. Yes. Um, and the personal librarian, she's a woman and she is um, she's African-American, but she's of fairer skin. Um, lighter skin and so she can pass as like she she calls herself Portuguese and so she can pass in the world of like high society art dealing and helping this library have its all its collections and it's yep. just about her life and all that she was able to achieve you know not only as a woman in that time but as a black woman that nobody knew was black until after her life and yeah it's not like a it's not a biography per se. It's more like a, a fictionalized, you like know, historical, historical fiction. fiction. Yeah, but it's a great read. Um, it really is. It's really beautifully written. Yeah, beautiful story of this woman's life. Um, so I read that. That was great. And uh, now I'm kind of in between things, and that is a reminder to to start a new book. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so now that you have time, what does a perfect day look like for you? Oh boy. <laughs> um, okay. I'll do like a perfect day at home. Okay. I've had some good travel days. Yes. Um, okay. This is one thing. Uh, a perfect day would be getting up at 4 a.m. Okay, just just hear me out. And <laughs> going to Disneyland. What? My whole family. Like my mom, my dad, and my sister. Uh-huh. We used to have passes. We used to go all the time. And then COVID hit. And, mm. you know, we, we, we've been going less and less. But it's it's a place where... You know, we just love it. We we had the passes for long enough where we kind of got into the whole world of like, you know, <laughs> planning your day out and like you have all the apps and yep. you know what rides to hit and you have like, <laughs> you know, you, your perfect time to do this and you know what food is out and what seasonal thing is happening. And like, honestly, when you get that kind of deep into it and your whole family kind of appreciates that, it's super fun. Like, yeah. You, you get to like kind of experience it on a different level. And I love amusement parks. I love rides. I love roller coasters. And, you know, Disneyland is, we're lucky to be so close where we can just drive. And so it would be so fun to like go from when it opens to when it closes with the fireworks. Yeah. And, um, it, that's definitely not like a relaxing day or like, <laughs> you know, a taking it slow day. But those are like, you always have some really good memories. Absolutely. Um, your family, so that, that would be super fun. I love that. Yeah, that's a great, perfect day. That's a very 18-year-old um, answer. Also. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, one of the things that we did before leaving California was we went to Disneyland. So, yeah. um, so I get that. Like we, we too, like, you know, like you said, it's just, it's a fun family, you know, memory building um, day. And so what's more perfect than that? Yes, exactly. Okay. How about a movie you really love? Oh, boy. Um, this feels like in class when you start in a year <laughs> and you're doing icebreakers. <laughs> and you're like, what movie can I say that people will know? Um I love, I'll just name a few that I like. Okay. Uh, well, my family and I, we went through all the Marvel movies. Um, okay. All like however many from <laughs> beginning to end during COVID. And so we would just, like, oh, wow. you know, have movie nights and it's perfect because, you know, there's like a thousand of them yeah. and you're like, there's no like, what should we watch? You know exactly what to watch <laughs> and they all fit into the same universe. And, you know, it's mostly, you know, family friendly stuff that, 
even my dad likes and Zoe likes. And so, you know, they're not the most cinematic, you know, or, or you know, but they're good. They're just good to watch with your family. Um, yeah. So those are fun. Uh, I love Christopher Nolan. Um, I love Inception. Mm. Uh, that's a good one. Um, me and my sister, we watched all the Hunger Games movies together because I read the book for that. And there's a new one coming out that I'm going to take her to yes. see over Christmas break. So that's great. That should be fun. Honestly, I will truly watch whatever. I'm just happy if someone wants to sit down and watch something with me. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. What is one thing most people misunderstand about you? Oh, um, probably that I only care about school. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like if you asked someone who went to school with me, they would probably, they only saw like a very specific side of me. Right. A very studious, nerdy, um, you know, probably not the most fun person when I was <laughs> in the zone at school. Yeah. But I think a lot of people would be surprised at who I am at home <laughs> and, you know, that I am a lot more fun and <laughs> more um, less uptight than I seem sometimes. I think they would they would be um, surprised that I have like you know I love to just sit and crochet or like you yeah know, I, I can relax sometimes and and you know do other <laughs> things and so that just comes back to you know the laser focus. I was in in school but yeah I think if you ask people now who meet me on my gap year I think luckily they would have like a different perspective they'd be like oh yeah she's pretty she's pretty fun she seems pretty <laughs> you know not that stressed out so you know that's, that's cool. kind of what I want to carry more of good good okay last question what is a favorite quote scripture or motto oh um, well, my favorite quote from the Bible, I used to have this poster. It's, um, you know, love is patient. Love is mm, kind. Yep. Love does not envy, does not boast. Um, that one I had, I had a poster of that in my room for the longest time. And I think that's just a good reminder because if you, if you want to embody love in the world, it's not some like just some you know ideal or some you know meaningless thing like you there's things you actually need to do and a posture you need to have with people and you know kindness and and you know not boasting and all these things yeah um, uh, just to, like a motto my mom always says work hard play hard mm. and I think you know I used to say that all the time but that just comes back to balance <laughs> and actually yes. like, if you dig into that quote, it, 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 it tell, it's telling you to, it's okay to work hard and it's okay to have those goals, but you know, have fun. Exactly. <laughs> Make it easy on yourself sometimes. And then she also says, if there's a will, there's a way mm. and that you could say that truly for anything. Like me and my dad are trying to put together this new stationary bike thing and it's feeling kind of impossible right now. <laughs> So, you know, it could apply to that or it could apply to like something like spots of time. Like if you yes. just have the will to do something and to follow through with it, then you can do it. So absolutely. I like. That's wonderful. Well, my dear, thank you again. And, um, and just, you know, I really, truly appreciate your insight and um, the awareness that you brought um, to our listeners, I think both young and old and somewhere in between um, can uh, relate and um, that the message that you shared and that we shared um, definitely resonates um, with, you know, people faced with making decisions, big ones, little ones, and all those in between. So thanks again. No, thank you so much for having me. This was really great. Thank you. All right. See you soon. No doubt, you will agree that Alexis is wise beyond her years. 
I can't wait to see what God has planned for her life. Making decisions that serve you is not selfish. Let go of that stigma. Decisions that are grounded in faith, hope, and prayer will usually serve your well-being and usually will be aligned with God's direction for your life. So today, take a few spots of time to think about your life decisions. Did they serve you? And as you think about any upcoming decisions, big or small or somewhere in between, remember to invite God into the process. Does the decision fill you with peace or with anxiousness? And be assured in the words of the wise King Solomon, who wrote in Proverbs, many are the plans in the mind of a human, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Isn't that great? He also wrote this, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but God establishes their steps. Amen to that. This is the Spots of Time podcast, which is produced and hosted by me, Kim Scott. I invite you to go to our website, spotsoftime.net, and leave a comment about today's episode. What resonated? Did you hear anything that inspired you? And if we have inspired you today, you can support our work and help us continue producing this podcast by hitting the donate button on our website. You can listen to Spots of Time for free on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and invite your friends. Also, follow us on Instagram at Spots of Time Podcast. Production support website development, and social media management by Alexis Jones. Our music, entitled Spots of Time, was written by Michael Upward. Until next time, empower hope and healing.